What's up, y'all? It is June 23rd, 2023. I'm Tammy Sawyer, and this is Tammy Sawyer Talks. We're bringing you a fresh perspective on the news every Friday morning, where I'll be covering what's going on nationally. From my perspective as a Black Southern woman representing Memphis, Tennessee, I'll also be diving in some Southern news and some Memphis, Tennessee news, so you'll get to learn a lot more about me and about the South. Look for me every Friday morning on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast when you commute. And of course, on social media at Tammy Sawyer, at Tammy Sawyer 901. Let's get into it, y'all. So earlier this week, I tweeted that my apocalypse meter is on orange. That's one level away from a red alert, ladies. Y'all, things are getting crazy. The orcas are attacking boats. Boats are going missing. There's a green light on Jupiter. Like, really, my internal doomsday clock is screaming. Like, it feels like the universe has Beyonce's ring me alarm on constant repeat. But it's like, makes me want to focus more on what's happening here, right? Like, what's happening at home. You know, people are upset. There was an article in the Atlantic that said, we can't defend the orcas. The orcas aren't your friend. Look, let me be clear. If it comes down to a white boy writing for the Atlantic and the orcas, I'm going with the orcas because the orcas is orca in. And that's the type of revolution that I think we need. So this week, the news has been extremely focused on five men who took a joyride to the bottom of the ocean to see the wreckage of the Titanic. And in true Black Mirror fashion, this did not end well. I want to say rest in peace. Um, and my condolences to the families of those five men, especially the 19-year-old. But a lot of people are saying, hey, we have spent a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of capital on the news that covering the loss of these five lives while right here at home in the United States, 200,000 people are currently without power in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this has not made national news because not as exciting as a vessel looking for the Titanic going missing, uh, but it is as, if not more, extremely concerning. Currently, 200,000 people are without power in Tulsa, Oklahoma. More importantly, temperatures are creeping rapidly towards 100 degree high. These past few days, the people in Tulsa, Oklahoma who are without air conditioning, without refrigerators, are living in their homes, sitting in their cars with 90 degree plus temperatures. And while all of this is going on, the governor of Oklahoma is not in Oklahoma, is not in the United States. He's actually across the water in Paris touting his education policies, education policies that you guess it, leave out the majority of people living in poverty and black people. Tulsa is about 20% black, but it is 35% of those black people are experiencing poverty. And while they are currently uh, existing in this inhumane space of not having um, any electricity, no lights, no running water, no air conditioning. Their governor has is in Paris saying Oklahoma would be in a better space educationally if we did not have Tulsa or Oklahoma City, the two urban centers of Oklahoma that, as you guessed it, have the majority of the black and brown people in the state. Meanwhile, no state of emergency has been announced. Uh, to help these people in Oklahoma. So let's plug in, make sure that we're paying as much attention to what's happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma and help out all of the citizens there. But let's make sure that we're giving this as much attention because it's happening right here and it's impacting hundreds of thousands of people. Similarly, people are wondering, 
why the 750 migrants leaving Pakistan heading to Greece did not get the same type of care and aid when their boat capsized off of Greece uh, recently this past week. 200 lives were lost and it has come out that the Greece Coast Guard decided not to help. They have given many excuses for why they didn't help, saying that the people were being smuggled and the smugglers did not want their aid. Now, since when does a national um, Coast Guard say, well, we did what the smugglers wanted us to do? These folks are Pakistani migrants escaping the conditions of their lives in Pakistan, seeking a better life in Greece. But as we know, European Union and its countries have been cracking down on immigration and migration, especially when it comes to migrants and immigrants from black and brown countries. So 250 people have lost their lives off the Sea of Greece, these Pakistani migrants, and no national aid was offered to uh, this boat. The Coast Guard actually watched the boat capsize. No other countries came to the aid of this boat. Meanwhile, with the five men lost in Ocean Gate, uh, several countries lent the aid of their Navy, um, and they did so rapidly. And, you know, it's just interesting because to me, the question is, was this about a difference of race, a difference of religion, a difference of wealth, or all of the above? We all deserve to receive the same care and resources and the same protection and the same concern about our lives. So the people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the survivors of the capsizing Pakistani migrant boat, you have our concern. And we hope that countries will start to pay more attention to what's happening right inside of its borders, as well as what people who are seeking to enter its borders need. While it is still relatively early in 2023, the race for the Republican Party nomination for president is heating up with almost 14 people declared uh, to run for that nomination. And it's quickly becoming a case of who can be the nastiest racist to win, whether you are Tim Scott saying that racism no longer exists in this country, or you are Nikki Haley uh, supporting the Confederacy and attacking President Obama at every chance you get, or you are Ron DeSantis who said yesterday that the majority black NBA is full of freaks of nature who don't use their minds to think as much as the mostly white baseball league. Um, and of course, Donald Trump, and who knows what he said. He could have probably just said something five seconds ago about Black people, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would hope that with 14 people declared to run for the Republican nomination, somebody would be running uh, to bring some justice, to bring some reality to the party. Uh, but it seems that they're all fighting to see who can just be much more white supremacist and gross than Donald Trump. People are questioning why so many people are running for the Republican nomination. But when you think about how much attention it's getting, why wouldn't you, whether you get the nomination or not, your name is now uh, in the middle of this platform. You're being mentioned with Donald Trump. You're being mentioned with Ron DeSantis. And even when you don't win, that's going to help you in your local races going to help you with fundraising for other things. And so those people are actually making what would be a democratically smart decision. Unfortunately, the way they're running uh, is by disparaging people who don't look like them and who don't live like them. It would be a good game plan to me for some of these folks to try to drag the Republican Party a little bit back more towards reality. But I just don't think that's the case. That brings me to my local segment. What's up, Memphis?
One of my favorite sayings is, as goes the South, so goes the nation. And I truly believe that. So you'll hear me talk a lot about what's happening in the South a lot and what's happening in Memphis. One of the things that I plan on covering almost every week is the Memphis mayoral race. We have an open seat for mayor coming up. Uh, the election is in October of this year. And currently, just like the Republican nomination for president, about 14 people are considering running for the Memphis mayoral race. They will be mayor of a city um, with a billion dollar budget, 60% black, 40% uh, of the kids live below the line of poverty. And I could go on and on because I love data. But nevertheless, people are saying, why are all these 14 people running for office? We need to sit down and consolidate. As I said, it's everybody's democratic right to run and that, hey, if, if 14 people want to pull, if 140 people want to pull, whatever, maybe that makes more people come out and vote. I do hope that doesn't mean that a certain sheriff is going to become um, the mayor of Memphis. But nevertheless, what I really want us to focus on for this segment is not the mayor's race. It's the fact that there are 13 city council seats also up uh, for election in October. Currently, of those 13 seats, 10 of those seats are contested. 10 of those seats have multiple people running for them. Three of those seats only have the incumbents running uh, with no one pulling a petition to run against them. And let me tell you the difference about those three seats. Those are the Super District 9 seats, which are held by three white Republican men, uh, Ford Canale, Jeff Warren, moderate Dem slash Republican, if you ask me, and Chase Carlisle. And these three guys have a lot of unchecked power on the city council. Again, a billion dollar budget, majority of which does not come back to the black community, does not go to our businesses, does not go to our schools. So these three district nine seats, y'all, are the only uncontested seats. So here's my issue. I don't care that 14 people are running for mayor right now. I care that Ford Canale, Chase Carlisle and Jeff Warren, three white men, are running in a majority black, majority woman city with unchecked power. We see that their votes don't align with the interests and the needs of the black community of Memphis, the majority community of Memphis. They vote against our rights. They vote for tougher penalties. They vote for less funding for education. They want to consolidate the city with the county and allow people from outside of the city to get jobs here while we can't get jobs here. I could go on and on and on. So even if no one is able to beat them, they shouldn't be able to just carte blanche get these seats. Because if we don't hold them accountable, those seats will continue to be seats where people just assume they can run and not owe 60% or more of the city any explanation, um, any respect. Force them to engage with our community. Make them run. You know, we've got 14 people running for mayor. We've got three to five people running for every other city council seat, the other 10 seats held by mostly black people. But District 9, which is a super district, covers 50% of the city. District 9 is uncontested. And if that remains that way, three white men who have voted against our interests for the last four years 
will have another four years of power. So, hey, I'm telling y'all, somebody pulled that petition. Even if you lose, you made some noise. Because we're a city that fights, but we need to be a city that fights for the right things. And we need to hold ourselves and each other and our elected officials more responsible for what's happening in our city. So let's push on this District 9 thing. I think we deserve to have people work for it. So I hope to see some more movement coming in the next few weeks on District 9. In addition to continuing to cover right here, the mayor's race, the other city council seats, I'll be watching that District 9 race. Y'all tune in next Friday. We'll continue talking about what's happening in Memphis, what's happening across the South. Thanks for watching my first episode. It only gets better from here. I'll see you next week. Make sure you lock in, like, and subscribe, and share. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. I'm Tammy Sawyer. Y'all drink some Casamigos pineapple. Make some good trouble. I'll see you next week.